On October 11, 2009, at a hotel in Changsha, China, a staff member was going about her duties when she walked past a guest room that was emitting an unbearable odour. The hotel staff walked towards the room with a frown on her face. The pungent odour grew stronger with each step. It had permeated the surrounding area, making it clear that something was amiss inside the room. She knocked on the door, calling out to the guest. But there was no response. Hello? Anyone there? For a moment, she hesitated, her mind racing with all sorts of unsettling thoughts. What if there was someone dangerous inside? What if the source of the smell was something gruesome? With a deep breath, she steeled herself and unlocked the door, bracing for what she might find on the other side. As she cracked the door open, the putrid smell hit her with full force. She immediately covered her nose and mouth in disgust. The room was dimly lit, but she could see the eerie shadows on the walls cast by the drawn curtains. Her hand trembled as she reached for the light switch, hesitating for a moment before flicking it on. <gasps> the hotel staff gasped and stumbled back, her hand flying to her mouth in shock. She could feel her heart pounding in her chest as she took in the grisly sight before her. There it was, a body hanging by the neck, swaying gently in the sudden light. You're listening to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by Mediacorp and produced by 1UP Media. This episode contains scenes of graphic imagery and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hours before the gruesome discovery, 37-year-old Zhou Youping had arranged to meet a man named Feng at the guest house. As Zhou nervously waited for Feng to arrive, he couldn't help but feel a mixture of excitement and apprehension. He had been searching for a partner who shared his interest in his choking games for some time, and Feng seemed like the perfect match. Previously, they had exchanged messages on the homosexual forum website, and Feng was the first successful candidate for his choking games that actually appeared in person. Moments later, Feng arrived and Joe felt a rush of adrenaline as they checked into the room. But then, their evening quickly took a dark turn. Joe had noticed a piece of paper in Feng's bag that turned out to be a medical report indicating that Feng was HIV positive. Joe's frustration grew as he struggled to understand why Feng would agree to his sexual requests while keeping his HIV status a secret. The night that had started with excitement and anticipation had suddenly turned into a potential death sentence for Cho. The weight of his anger and fear seemed to crush down on him, and it was enough for Cho to ignore Feng's pleas to release him. Feng hung lifeless from a rope that had been secured to the ceiling. Minutes passed, and the sounds of his desperate struggle were eventually silenced. After receiving the report of the incident, the local police arrived at the guest house and quickly assessed the situation. Upon arrival, 
they were met by the lifeless body of Feng, who was hanging naked from a rope. The police carefully examined the body, taking note of any potential signs of foul play or evidence of suicide. The next day, a local Chinese news source released a brief statement about the incident, stating that on October 11, 2009, a man who was approximately 1.8 meters tall and weighed around 90 kilograms had died by hanging in a guest house located in Kaifu district. However, no further details or information were provided regarding the circumstances surrounding the incident. Feng's death was ruled as a suicide, but this had initially raised doubts among the local police. The manner in which he was found hanging in the hotel room was suspicious, and there were several details that did not quite add up. Firstly, it's rather questionable that Feng would strip himself naked, leaving only his underwear on before putting his neck around the noose and taking his own life. Secondly, the fact that Feng chose to hang himself adds another layer of suspicion. Not only is hanging an excruciatingly painful and physically demanding way to commit suicide, it also requires significant preparation and strength. And this is even before considering the fact that Feng was physically larger than an average Chinese citizen. However, despite their reservations, there was no concrete evidence to prove otherwise. Now, the police were left with many unanswered questions and a lingering sense of unease. Several days later, on October 23, 2009, another man was found hanged to death in a different guest house that was also located in Changsha. But the bizarre and inexplicable circumstances of his death made the police scratch their heads in confusion again. Upon discovering the body, authorities noted that the victim was once again only dressed in a pair of underpants. To the police, this was a red flag. The sudden trend of individuals choosing to take their own lives was extremely disturbing. So much so, that the possibility of a hanging cult was raised. But just like the first victim, there was no concrete evidence to suggest anything other than suicide. The next month, on November 4th, a man in his 30s checked into a hotel located in the Huxiang Cultural Market. It wasn't until later that day when a housekeeper, who had been tasked with cleaning the room, discovered the lifeless body of the man hanging from a rope tied to the ceiling. It seemed that history was repeating itself because another man was once again found dead under similarly mysterious circumstances. The only difference was that this time, the body was completely naked. Upon receiving the distress call, the police rushed to the scene and immediately began investigating. But despite their meticulous efforts, the investigation yielded no concrete evidence of foul play or anything to suggest that someone else was involved in the man's death. To make matters worse, just 11 days later on November 15th, the police received yet another report of a potential suicide in a hotel room on Xiangchun Road. Upon entering the room, the officers were met with the same chilling sight, the lifeless naked body of a man hanging from a rope tied to the ceiling. Four suicide cases in different hotel rooms within the same city, coupled with the distressing similarities between them. Surely, this was something more than a coincidence. According to several sources, Joe would continue his twisted game with two additional victims, bringing the total number of his victims to six. 
The details surrounding these last two incidents were not explicitly stated, but it is believed that Joe employed the same method across all of his crimes. Joe would use the online forum to seek out potential candidates. Once he had identified his targets, he would lure them to hotels or guest houses, and the games would begin. However, the game was rigged from the start, and the unsuspecting victims were only a pawn in Joe's sadistic scheme. Once his victims started to hang from the ceiling, Joe would ignore their pleas for help and leave them to die. Meanwhile, the police were now extremely skeptical of the sheer coincidence behind these cases. As a result, they reopened the investigations into each victim, determined to uncover any new evidence that might help shed light on the mysterious deaths. As they scanned through the intricate web of events, they discovered that although each victim was found in a different hotel room or guest house, the men were not from the same city. This raised questions about why the victims would travel here in the first place, and the possibility that they may have been intentionally targeted for a more disturbing reason. In addition, none of the victims had left a suicide note at the crime scene. Suicide notes are common in cases of suicide, as they provide insight into the person's state of mind and motives for taking their own life. If no letters or notes are found, it opens up the possibility that their deaths might not have been suicides after all, but rather something more sinister. The victim's financial status was also a point of interest for the police. They were all found to be semi-well-off individuals with no apparent financial difficulties. This could possibly mean that the victims could have been targeted for their wealth and status. These details, combined with the alarming coincidence in which they were discovered, led the police to investigate their deaths as not suicides, but rather homicides. Despite the lack of evidence tying Joe to the cases, the authorities were rapidly gaining ground, and Joe's luck was quickly running out. Because the authorities had discovered a crucial piece of evidence that connected him to the murders. Upon reviewing the guest logbook at the hotels where the victims were found, it was discovered that the name Joe had been used to book the hotel rooms for two of the victims. With over 20 million people in China bearing the name Zhou, we don't know for sure how the police managed to identify Zhou Youping, but it's believed that the police may have identified the actual Zhou through witness interviews or by other means. They may have also obtained surveillance footage from the hotels or guest houses where the victims were found, which could have captured Zhou entering or leaving the premises. What we do know is that after he was identified, the police began to delve deeper into his online activity, and it wasn't long before they discovered the advertisements for his sex games. The game that entails suffocating yourself or someone else for approximately 10 seconds to derive thrill. As the investigation deepened, a pattern began to emerge. All of the victims were homosexuals and members of the same online forum. Then, through analyzing messages and internet activity, police realized that all the victims had a common partner, Zhou Youping. On November 28, 48 days after his first victim was hanged to death, Zhou Youping was tracked down and arrested. 
At the Changsha Intermediate People's Court, the trial of Zhou Yuping became a highly publicized event that drew intense scrutiny from both the media and the public. The revelations that emerged during the trial were also shocking and disturbing, leading to a deepening sense of controversy surrounding the case. One of the most controversial aspects of the trial was Zhou's defense. Throughout the proceedings, he steadfastly maintained his innocence, arguing that he was not as heinous as others had made him out to be. He claimed that he never wanted the victims to die, and that his game was just a game, one that involves intentionally restricting one's own oxygen supply for about 10 seconds to achieve hypoxic euphoria, which according to Joe, can heighten one's sense of arousal and pleasure. This defense stirred up a great deal of anger, particularly among those who had lost their loved ones because of his actions. Many people felt that Joe was attempting to shirk responsibility for his actions, and that his defense was nothing more than an attempt to minimize his culpability. But Joe was not finished with his controversial statements. He went on to claim that not only did the victims bring their own ropes, they were also well aware of the risks and consequences that came with the games. Furthermore, he added that many of the individuals that had participated were tall enough to reach the ground and could have saved themselves if they wanted to. This statement only added fuel to the fire, as many felt that Joe was attempting to shift the blame onto the victims themselves. According to Chinese news sources, when asked if he had ever loved anyone, Zhou Youping hesitated for a moment before responding. He admitted to having experienced love in the past, but he believed that his emotions were not genuine and merely false feelings. Furthermore, he added that he never had any real feelings towards the men that had participated in his games, and that their encounters were nothing more than fleeting one-night stands devoid of any meaningful emotional connection. Joe's defense statements did not help him much. Instead, it deepened the sense of outrage and disbelief surrounding the case. Many people struggled to come to terms with the reality of what had taken place, and there were heated debates about the nature of responsibility, culpability, and consent in the context of extreme sexual behavior. Despite the tense courtroom atmosphere, Zhou Youping's passion for singing continued to shine through. He even burst into song, performing a popular Chinese classic written by an artist named Zhao Lei, who is renowned for capturing the emotional sadness that accompanies separation. The lyrics, which included very poignant lines, were sung by Zhou with a deep passion. Zhou Youping's trial lasted almost 16 months, but on March 29, 2011, the wait was finally over. The court established that Zhou Youping was fully aware of the risks that came with the games he had orchestrated, and despite this, he still made the choice to take advantage of his victims and manipulated them into hanging themselves. He also refused to rescue them once they were in danger, allowing them to die and intentionally killing them. In total, six people lost their lives as a result of Joe's actions. And given that Joe had a previous conviction of robbery and was a repeat offender, the court deemed that a heavy punishment was necessary. Joe was ultimately sentenced to death for intentional homicide and deprived of political rights for life. He appealed his conviction, but the higher court upheld the verdict, 
leading to his execution by lethal injection on August 29, 2014. Justice had been served, but it's worth noting that although Joe's crimes were indeed heinous and unforgivable, he did have a hard time dealing with loss and rejection in his early years. Several online articles stated that Joe's life was marked by the tragic deaths of important family members, including his own father, who was violently beaten and killed during Joe's youth. Furthermore, Joe had to deal with disapproval from his mother and sister regarding his sexual orientation, which would have likely made him feel excluded and potentially even ostracized from his own family. This left Joe feeling lost, confused, and unsure of his place in the world. As he grew older, these feelings of confusion and disorientation only intensified, and he was never able to find a way to fully identify with himself. According to a reporter on a Chinese news website, Zhou Youping's mother was in disbelief upon hearing about the charges brought against her son. She was unable to comprehend why her son would engage in such an activity that ultimately led to his death sentence. When asked about her son's behaviour and why he may have chosen to participate in the sex games, she appeared to be at a loss for words. As the reporter continued to ask questions, Zhou Youping's mother was silent, lost in her own thoughts and emotions. When the reporter left, Joe's mother says he was wronged and her face remained expressionless. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast brought to you by MediaCorp and produced by 1UP Media. If you would like to share some feedback or suggest other cases that you would like us to cover, head on down to our website at asiantruecrimepodcast.com. This episode was researched, produced, and written by Yeo Guangjin with audio engineering by Ethan Sam. Special thanks to executive producers Danny Cordy and Barry Toh from Media Corp. We hope to see you again soon in the next episode of Heinous. Hey